Hello and welcome to the Common Thread Collective here on Mutiny Radio.fm. I'm Global Val, and uh, we, I just finished up a really fun show of Women's Magazine with Gisela Tangui from the Voodoo Cabaret. They're going to be playing a show next Friday at the Rosenblum Cellars, which is at Jack London Square, uh, number 10 Clay Street, uh, 530 to 830 next Friday. I'll try to remember to announce it again next Friday when it's happening. But we'll be here, as we are every Friday. It is October 21st. Hey, Diamond Dave. Hey, Val. Hey, everybody out there. Here we be, as you'll see. And today, we more officially, unofficially, unofficially, and now are about to be, be uh, what, uh, uh, thanks to Organic Valley Co-op Family of Farms, underwritten, that's the word. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of cool, uh, it's kind of cool to me because I hear them all the time on NPR, whether it be... Uh, whether it be uh, This American Life or Sunday Science Friday, there it is, Organic Valley. And now they're extending their reach, their underwriting reach, uh, right to us, Val. It's a, it really is a, an exciting uh, day to be able to announce that officially it's happening. Um, and what's even cooler is that George Seaman, the CEO, is going to be calling in, and he's going to be our guest. He's going to be calling in in a few minutes. So we could talk to him about the story of, of the Organic Valley family of farms and um, and uh, kind of exchange, you know, what we're about here on the Common Thread Collective, because um, I know that their, their business is, you know, trying to uh, give back um, and uh, do good work. And that's that's what we're doing here on, on the Common Thread Collective. So um, it's a real pleasure, um, a real honor, and it's uh, I think it's going to be a great um, partnership. So we're going to... Um, so if all goes well, here he'll be, and here the, there yeah, I will be, the and phone then here lines. we be, uh, kicking it off in a good way uh, for the year ahead. For the year ahead, here we be, and uh, so there you are. And hey, uh, 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 Tyler is here. Tyler is here. Tyler, too, with the Common Thread Collective, and Bloodflower is here. In fact, Bloodflower, as soon as we hear Ubi, as he does each and every week, uh, Ubi, Bloodflower is going to be opening it up on the piano. Is that right, Bloodflower? Yes, it's as good as, uh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> In that case, uh, go ahead. All right. Well, Everybody let's. Be ready. Here's Ubi to remind us that even though the world looks like a crazy place sometimes, everything's going to be all right. So 
All right. Thanks, Ubi. Ubi. And now, some musical offerings from Blood Flower.
Wowzie. Wow. Wow. <laughs> blood flower. Blood flower. You'll be amazing. Truly, truly. Be a blood flower. Shifts the whole uh, space. <laughs> oh, is that how and it works? We, and we thank you for it. Here he is. We thank you for Blood it. Flower, why don't you sit down here? Join the conversation. Thanks. Join the conversation, <laughs> Bloodflower. I don't know if I got much to add. Well, Dad, that. what you feel like adding? I don't know either, but uh, together right. we know more than each other do separately. And also, Tyler. So anyway, I have in the line now. We have the line now and the Common Thread Collective. We found the Common Thread. George Seaman. The uh, CAO of Organic Valley, George, are you there? Yeah, I am, Dave. How are you doing? We're doing fine. We're getting getting Dave's headphones so he can hear you more clearly. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, I'm excited to be yeah. on the show. So yeah, welcome, welcome so much. It's it's well. First of all, thank you for. Um, we're, we're so excited to announce that Organic Valley Family Farms is sponsoring the Common Thread Collective, and we want to thank you so much for that. Um, thank you. It really, it really, um, it's it's helping a whole, it's it's serving a whole community here in San Francisco in the Bay Area, of uh, musicians, artists, um, people who are, you know, vi- envisioning a better world, um, and and working towards that in whatever whatever way that may show, and um, and we're happy to be part of the, with the Organic Valley uh, behind us because um, from what I understand. The organic family, family of farms rose up organically, uh, so to speak, as well to um, to kind of respond to the pressures of the agricultural business. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. We're glad to be a sponsor, and really appreciate what uh, the public and the internet and the community radio brings, you know, to the community. So it's a it's a great thing. Yeah, Organic Valley is a farmer co-op in Wisconsin. And uh, we got started in the 80s when we were, there was a big farm crisis. And we just were very fortunate to have a very unique blend of uh, back-to-the-landers and family farmers and uh, serving a common good and a co-op dream and, and just the right timing, the right mix of people. And we've just had a great mission, and, and we succeeded. It's been a, a surprise to all of us, but we're sure happy. Today we're over a billion dollars. and like 2,000 fam- organic farmers and 850 employees. So I've known Dave since 1990, and we started in 88, so he's seen the whole uh, evolution from a dream to a big business, and I've gone through that big same change, and organics is a, a big word. It has a lot of uh, depth and a lot of reach, and, and we're, we're glad to have the support out there from the consumers. and. It's really making a big change in, in agriculture. And so exemplified. Part of. But the fact that you are in the, uh, are you in Lafarge uh, as we speak, uh, George? No, I'm at my farm. I, I was originally a back to the lander and That's uh, right. moved back to the land, milked 20 cows, farmed with horses, did the whole nine yards of self-sufficiency and uh, got pulled into being a business leader, just never what I expected. So, but I still have a farm and. Uh, always good to come back here. In fact, to uh, go uh, go back to those early days, uh, 1991, I think it was, or 1990, when we uh, when we held at Jerome's place, you can talk a bit about that. At Jerome's place, a uh, a, a fundraiser, a fundraiser, an event, an open mic event at Jerome's place. Uh, 
for, for uh, which we're just beginning to turn uh, talk about a, uh, a, a Kickapoo kitchen, the Kickapoo kitchen, and now it's gone through several generations at the Minnesota Rainbow Gathering. That's right, 1990. Dave yeah. moved down here and had a place called Whitaker's Landing, and it was quite a collection of people, and we uh, decided to have a kitchen at the Rainbow Gathering, and some of the people that were involved with the co-op and some of the neighbors here and planted a half acre of potatoes i think and dug potatoes and we went off and running so and and uh, i think it was, yeah i think it was there that she showed me the first time a, a flyer an early ad for organic valley remember you putting putting it in my hands uh, look at oh, organic valley co-op family of farms that was the first time i'd heard of it and you were just really getting underway in many ways. I think you had come from Nebraska. Is that where you got your degree in organics? No, I was. I went to school in Colorado. Colorado, okay. And, and uh, ended up getting an ag animal science degree. So you know, I pretty much you know decided to go back to the land. And the last thing I wanted to do was be a business person. So here you are. Now I'm a business person. So. A business person. <laughs> Life's funny that way, huh? <laughs> and uh, ho ho ho! That's uh, pretty funny for sure. Well, it's all about the mission. You know, it's, it's, we've got a great mission, and food is so important in our lives. And uh, I'm just amazed how much being in the food business touches so many parts of the, our lives and our society. And, of course, the word organic is a philosophical world. word. It means the integrated parts making a whole. The whole so being greater than the sum of its parts. Part, part, yeah. Organic is part of a bigger movement. It's part of the organic lifestyle. It's organic thinking. And organic foods has it's been really exciting. The pioneering I've seen in the ability to grow organic food, and it's just phenomenal. The last 20 years. And uh, just by chance, you happen to find yourself in that part of the part of uh, southwestern Wisconsin called the Driftless Region, where the Kickapoo hits the Wisconsin uh, meets the Wisconsin River, and they flow into the Mississippi at Fond du Lac. Talk a bit yep. about the Driftless, because that sure. definitely is an environment which it's you find yourself. Definitely part of our co-op success is we, we are in a beautiful area here where the, the last couple of glaciers went around in the Midwest. Much of the Midwest is flat from the glaciers, but this is a very hilly region with very fertile land, lots of water, and it became a place where a lot of the back-to-the-lander type people moved to. And there was a lot of old-fashioned farmers here, and um, it's really been in a lot of co-ops. So when we got started, it was really a different place and it was a wonderful mix of people and and today it's it's still evolving and still impressive but it's a beautiful place and i just went we have beautiful colors here right now and it's quite a combination of having fertile, oh my goodness i forgotten wilderness about half the land is wild so it's really nice say so wild land and also there's a number of uh, your your headquarters are in lafarge but a there's also a town of 700 people and uh, there's also viroqua which is more and more an artist's uh, town, yeah. in which the uh, in which the, the storefronts are being filled up with artists, with yeah, uh, with got, galleries, with. Um, we've only got four thousand people, and we have the largest Waldorf school, rural, rural Waldorf school in the nation. We have a alternative high school that has uh, boarding students from all around the world, and we have an alternative college getting started. We have our businesses in the region and we have a lot of alternative health so for 4,000 people it's definitely happened in town and yet it's a very uh, sweet and laid-back place which of course the Midwest has a lot of goodness to it 
so the, so the organic valley has been moving right ahead. I had this kind of dream that this would be happening, George. When I started, I've, I'm kind of a, a NPR addict, WBOR Boston, WNYC New York, but also began hearing more and more this uh, this uh, this program is uh, whether it be this American Life or Science Fridays is being under underwritten by Organic Valley. Yeah, we try to use a lot of our marketing money for doing good. You know, instead of just advertising, we we like to we like to joke. We like to get caught doing good. You know, so we <laughs> find a lot of things that are rather alternative oriented, and we've done a lot of uh, uh, great things because they're again we're all we're all part of a bigger movement. You know, and we need to weave our movements together. So I know, Dave. One thing you and I have experienced together is we've been very fortunate to be part of disaster relief, where Organic Valley has been a sponsor of a kitchen, usually man-powered by people from the Rainbow family to That's feed right. uh, thousands and thousands of people during disasters. And, and wave uh, on Mississippi? We had New Orleans? events all along. We've had this year, we we had a kitchen in Louisiana and then a kitchen in West Virginia. And before that, we had South Carolina all in the last year, three different disaster relief kitchens. And then, of course, our big one was Katrina, and Dave was down there. We had a kitchen that fed thousands and thousands of people all the time for um, six weeks and it was a beautiful experience waveland mississippi that's, and that's our that brother was, that was waveland mississippi waveland and then new orleans uh new orleans, the welcome home cafe ways. in new orleans and yeah. our brother uh, our brother uh, felipe has yeah. been lending hand at all of these including up in north dakota there in the in the uh there in at, at, at standy rock so this is happening and people are being fed and yeah. they're getting ready to uh be winter. I mean, this is North Dakota, so we're talking about winter. This That's is right. right. Organic Valley's been do donating food to Standing Rock. It's just really neat to see the the unification of the tribes, and we're working with tribes on some of a uh, farm thing about being a producer in our co-op, as well as some other things. So we're really glad to support Standing Rock as well. So uh, you know, we're in the food business, so we've got food. So we're trying to, as you say, lend a hand where we can. So that's yeah. that's. Lending a hand where um, we can. Benefits being a big business. I know you and, remember uh, it on that zigzag journey. And a that spiral dance. And here we are <laughs> doing what we do. San Francisco, Viroqua, Lafarge, and beyond on your farm. How amazing it is that we can use these social media. In fact, this is a good, a good time to mention your, uh, uh, your website, which is very thorough and complete and aesthetically appealing, and uh, people can find it as they're listening to the show. Uh, they, can, they can click on Organic Valley Co-op. Yeah, and I really encourage all your listeners, you know, beyond organic foods, to really check out how important cooperative businesses are. We really need an alternative to corporations, and I'm, I'm really inspired by what a co-op means and how it's a different vehicle and it's, I, it's something we really got to focus on more and in san francisco in wisconsin we had the progressive movement in minnesota we had the farmer labor party bringing workers and farmers together and i think it was north dakota was the south dakota we had the nonpartisan league all of these are farmers and workers coming together around co-ops and minnesota wisconsin has a long cooperative tradition is that right that's right. Wisconsin's kind of suffering right now from right-wing stuff, but that's oh part of goodness. what we're going through now. What you're going through now. <laughs> but you keep moving <laughs> yeah. forward and going on. Take it away, Val. 
Well, I, I was, well, <laughs> I think we're all we're all getting a little little touch of that something going around, I guess. But um, yeah. um, but what I was going to say is, uh, in terms of the the co-op model, um, I was recently listening to a program, and they were talking about how in Argentina, um, the government actually invested a lot into um, these various co-ops, and and they seem to have a really long-lasting uh, power, longer lasting than a lot of the capitalist endeavors. Um, because it's everybody who's who's there has is working together has kind of a common stake in everything um can you, you tell 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 folks i mean it's, it's amazing story how you know this group of farmers in the late 80s and now you know flash forward 20 years 30 years and um it's and you've become this this hugely successful uh business um how, I mean, can you give us some highlights from that? Like those moments where you just saw it all coming together? Well, no, it's, it's still a struggle, of course. But, you know, the big thing was we had a good attitude. We didn't go into it with, you know, being anti-regular agriculture. In fact, we went to the conventional agriculture and made them our partners. And they thought organic was weird. But, you know, your attitude goes a long way. We, we had diverse people, good attitude about partnerships, um, good mission which is very important and values and you know it's you just gotta have the right mix but we partnerships a big deal we've we've built our business by using conventional eggs cheese plants or their milk pickup things we've done it by cooperating with them and and now organics is big and they're happy they took that that risk with us we were just a dreamy-eyed group and and now we're a significant part about a lot of the the people's plants that make our products we have dairy dairy plants we 90 dairy plants we work with in the United States, like 10 egg plants and, you know, five meat plants and on and on. And, you know, that's significant. So we're part of agriculture, but we're organic agriculture. So that's an attitude thing that I think really helped us. We we didn't take the, the holier-than-thou and anti-that. Yeah. It's a choice thing. Here's what we're doing. And, and uh, we had some really good minds when we started and you know some things are meant to happen and we've been surprised the whole way and and we're still surprised uh and it's challenging it's not easy to run they, they call it busyness you know for sure it's, it's right. a lot to do and there's we were just in spain dave jerome and i and Teresa, and we went to the madrigan co-op uh model system there and it's a beautiful system the best people developed a co-op business and you know, they start out with, this is all about humanity at work. You know, humanity needs to figure out how to work together. It's a big deal. It's a big challenge. And and that really, of course, resonates with all of us. And a co-op has that challenge, too. How can people work together? But, you know, what's neat about a co-op is they, they're serving a mission, so they're not for sale. They don't have to worry about their stock value. They don't have to, all they have to worry about is are they serving their mission and are they running a good business model? So there's no... Uh, dividends to worry about or no you know what's my value of stock it's just am i serving my mission and am i running a, a sound business that's so different than so much pressure that corporate america deals with of all their constant stock and quarter, quarterly dividends and all those things and it seems to me that uh, that fra the phrase which you use a family of farms to g g g wrap yourself around that concept that this is a family of farms of people uh, farmers who are organically we're talking about milk we're talking about eggs. We're talking about cheese. They come together at these various central spots, and uh, 
and uh, get the brand name of Organic Valley, and then go off. I know, for instance, here, uh, or I, I go into the, uh, I, I go into, uh, uh, into the, into the organic, uh, um, the, the organic co-op here. Oh, the Rainbow. Rainbow yeah, Grocery. We, there it is, Organic yep. Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have dairy farmers in Petaluma, just right there. And so, you know, part of what we're trying to figure out now is how do you be national and be local and how do you be big and small? And, you know, those are pretty dynamic questions, but, you know, that's that's uh, where we're at now, and that, that's, a, that's a good challenge to think about. And you mentioned uh, a couple times the, the mission of Organic Valley. Can you tell our listeners um, what's the mission of Organic Valley Family our, Farms? Our, our mission is to provide a, a marketplace for family farms that provides a sustainable and and profitable living now we have a bigger mission than that because we have goals underneath that because part of our mission also of course is to provide meaningful employment to employees and to run run a good business and a fair business we've done a lot of work working on what our values are but our primary success measures are we helping family farms thrive and that's a great you know you need a mission of focus and so but we also want to serve the bigger community, and, and the employees, of course, are very important because they're the ones that are actually pulling it off and getting it done, and it's not all easy. So they're, they're a very big part of it, too. So uh, I mentioned that uh, Rainbow Grocery, mm-hmm. Organic Valley, and I'm sure there are others. And we're, we can yeah, be like the Berkeley Bowl uh, over Carrie's yeah. um, Organic Valley. Yeah. I mean, it's, the, the products are, are throughout the nation. And, I mean, the, the organic movement is something that like you mentioned earlier it's gained so much traction um and is you know really helping to push forward so so many things like movements to to label gmos to to get pesticides out to um you know to make our our bodies our food our 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 environment healthy it's it's maybe just a the the linchpin that we're we're trying to work towards right yeah no it's 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 you know we may only be five percent of the food system, but it's really much bigger than that because we're proving you can farm organically. We're giving the consumer a voice. We're bringing back simplicity and quality. You know, but what's really happened the last few years that's pretty amazing is to see organics moving so mainstream. You've yeah. seen Costco and Walmart trying to carry more organic products than each other. You've got General Mills making big investments, and while some people have concerns about that, it's it's. As far as I'm concerned, it's awesome because you're bringing in a whole new world of consumers because consumers' convenience is a big deal. And, um, you know, it's renowned that that's a very positive thing. I personally think that, you know, organic foods is only part of the statement. The other part of the statement is what other values are important to me. So for me, buying from Organic Valley, a farmer co-op, that would be important. I'd like to support that. I personally would like to shop at a food co-op versus Walmart. But it's it's still really great now. It's no longer just a little fishbowl. It's part of the the whole mainstream food system. And what I'm thinking of while I'm hearing you, and realizing this is kicking off, uh, the fact that Organic Valley is now underwriting the Common Thread Collective, and we're where we can be a lot more flexible than uh, NPR is, which NPR is simply is where this is supported by Organic Valley Family of Farms. We're able to do things like. Uh, we were able to do things like, uh, for instance, letting people know where Organic Valley uh, milk and cheese and other product, eggs and so on, you can get here in San Francisco and within the uh, 
within the within the uh, the Bay Area here, the, the, within the Bay Area and within the and where people are listening. So what I'd like to invite you, George, and to pass that on to whoever it is you pass it on to, is that sure. maybe every uh, every Friday you we, we you could have somebody call in, or somebody could call in and let us know where the where you where you can be found locally. And whatever it is you like to do as far as being an underwriter. Is that right, Val? Absolutely. And as well, Dave I'm, said, we're very flexible here. We, we've I'm got, looking uh, for you guys to, to uh, have produce some great dialogue, so I'm not looking to sponsor because of advertising. But I will say one thing that's really fascinating about our co-op that's really happened in the last 10 years is now of our members, 45% of them are what you call plain folks or Amish Mennonite people. It's been an explosion in our co-op that those people have embraced organics, and they <clears throat> they trust us, and so it's amazing how we're getting so deeply inside of the that community, the Amish community, now, and we've really got involved in understanding some of their banking and some of their things. So that's really, you wow. know, things evolve and change, and being 45% Amish Mennonite has been a big surprise for us, and it's a delight. It's a, it's enriched our co-op because they have a great long-term community. You. That's that's re- that's really fascinating. Um, it seems like like you know bridging that gap and also, as you said, kind of uh, going mainstream and and working with the conventional uh, model that Organic Valley is really really building bridges. Um, and uh, we hope that that's that's kind of our mission here too on the Common Thread Collective is to is to to connect with people and 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 spread good ideas and and uh, you know try to help each other as much as we can. Well, I always uh, quote a lot of what Dave says, so Dave's been my teacher here, so we just don't panic, we just keep it keep organic. It organic and, uh, <laughs> it's about here. learning to love and loving to learn. This never ends. This never ends, and of course, it's uh, love will get you everywhere, hate will get you nowhere. No, I don't know that one. Hey, love will get you everywhere, hate will get you nowhere. That first came to me when I was looking at a blue sky and I saw a black cloud up there. I said, oh no, that's Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump, a black cloud in the blue sky. And then it came to me. Then the words came to me of the spirit because she does speak to me. And the words was, uh, love will get you everywhere. Hate will get you nowhere. And take that, Donald Trump. You're going nowhere. Does does the Donald eat organic? Has he confessed to that yet? We'd all be surprised. (laughs) <laughs> people, people eat a lot more people who are organic than no sometimes because of the quality. I, I have a question about quality, too. Um, sometimes I go into shops around San Francisco and I see canned organic food, and I don't see how you can possibly have canned organic food. Is that possible? Well, organic is, is first thought to find by the USDA these days, and it's the way how the food is produced. And so there's a whole set of rules and they argue constantly about making them stricter, and you know there's a whole process. In fact, it's a very unique group that actually has legislative authority. So, um, but then after that, uh, there are not so much restrictions how you process products, canned foods. Certainly, Organic Valley processes milk more than some people like. Uh, we use several different methods, and so um, you know it's it's organic in the USDA world is how the food is produced. Mm. And that's why it's so important that consumers make choices on top of that. So, like I said earlier, I think. And in fact, as Organic Valley, you have. Uh, in fact, there's one there when I came through, uh, La, 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 Lafarge and Verroquois. I came through, you had a gathering that you have regular gatherings of your members. 
uh, various members who get together and discuss uh, where we go from here and what it's all about. Is that right? We try hard to have a whole democratic process. Uh, we've got a lot of committees. We've got like 250 farmers on committees, so we try real hard to have an engagement informed with the employees, too, because, uh, again, people are our biggest assets and uh, got to learn how to work together. Uh, and there are various councils. Uh, you were just coming up then with the, uh, I believe it's called the Cultural uh, Committee. Is that right? Tell us a bit yeah, about that. We have a cultural council where every every employee is on a, a little culture circle, and then that leads to a bigger culture circle, and that feedback uh, from the employees as well as inform them about what's going on. And so get humans to have meaningful work and be engaged and be happy is, is the best way to manage things. Uh, George, who would have imagined it? And you would have as much more than just a, a membership cooperative. This could be a workers and continue to push the, if you will, get out of the box. What do I say? Get on the same page, get out of the box and push the envelope on the zigzag journey, this spiral dance that we happen to be on, the rainbow gathering. This year we're going to be in, uh, in, in Oregon after the Green Mountains of Vermont and returning to the roots. And George, it's so good to talk to you. And once again, uh, men, uh, if people want to take a look at your website, what is it again? Organicvalley.coop. Organicvalley.coop. Let me put that word on co-op. Uh, yeah, we got to talk about co-op, man. And uh, let's continue uh, talking about it. And uh, well, welcome to the Common Thread Collective. We are casting that wide net, and we are finding that common thread. And of course, we're letting it flourish. And don't panic. Uh, we're keeping organic. And the fact there's also a radio station that you're connected with in the Driftless called Driftless Radio. That's right, WDRT. We're yeah. very proud of our community radio. Uh, so let's uh, make connections. We got uh, Tenali, and he is uh, there in uh, Nevada, Nevada City. Uh, he's got uh, his radio station that he's on. He's a Wisconsinite boy. And he came out of the Organic Valley, out of the Kickapoo Kitchen. And the next kind of generation coming along. Amber, uh, Tenali, and all those folks that then went, uh, he's in the Grass Valley now, and somewhere, and so we're all connecting, interconnecting, and uh, we're finding that common thread, eh, Val? We certainly are. George Seaman, it's really been a pleasure. Thank you for calling in, and um, yeah, looking forward to uh, continuing to do uh, do good and cast that wide net, right, Dave? And find that common thread, and let me say, uh, Say this and casting that wide net. And hey, George, uh, so good to be talking to you. And what a fitting kickoff for the for we're, we're now uh, being uh, being uh, we're now being uh, supported by Organic Valley Co-op. And don't fat panic. We're keeping it organic. And uh, in fact, is that true? That I heard some rumor that you guys are even thinking of going into credit union or banking. Is that right? Uh, that's. We went to Madrigan, and they have their own bank, so there's been some discussions, but one has to be careful how much they try to do, Dave. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that, but I imagine it walking down the main street of Viroqua to see a storefront there. But anyway, time will tell. Time <laughs> right. will tell. To so, be continued, right, To be Dave? continued, and stay in touch, and let us know uh, this, any bark. This never ends. This never ends. Learn to love, love to learn. This never ends. We're on that... Uh, on that uh, zigzag journey, that spiral okay. dance. Hey, George, so good to talk to you. Be spreading this around the planet on the Internet. This be the Common Thread Collective. That's right. Hey, Misneyradio.fm here in San Francisco. 
Okay, to, to be continued, George. This never ends. Mm -hmm. All right, thanks so much. Thanks for thank all you. you. Do. Thanks for calling in, and thank you for sponsoring our show. And uh, I think a fitting song here, kind of something that we we uh, unofficially refer to, or as an unofficial uh, theme song. And by the way, this is on found for free on the internet for educational purposes and social commentary. Well, here's social commentary. Steve Earle, the revolution starts now.
Welcome back to the Common Thread Collective here, MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco. We're in the Mission District here. It's beautiful, um, hot October. It's um, We're here at the corner of 21st Street and Florida Street. Um, so you should come and join us sometime, the Common Thread Collective. Our doors are open, and uh, well, there's a lot lot open here. Free free speech, you know, all that all that good stuff. I got I got Tyler Tip Vicious with me here. What's up, Tyler? I'm chilling. You know me. Um, I'm I'm the the designated intern around here, and also I'm like the designated rapper around here. It seems um, most of the time, huh? <laughs> most of the time, unless other rappers show up. But most of the time, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's what I'm gonna be doing today. Right on. Do some rap. Well, I, yeah. And uh, whenever you're ready. This is like a a newer ish song and. Um, uh, it's about a currency that only exists within. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Go for it. Before you educate the head, try to educate the heart. I got sex as any nigga. And my money packs hung So you ain't fucking with my coins, Jack Boy, I destroy raps and you touch sacks My vanac attack, I burst your box like Semtax Higher scores, dog, I tip that Certain wars, bro, I'm pen-strapped Wrist-rocking, no blip-blap Any rap giant can't get that Because I got raps, if you need that I put your bean back in between that Dropping an R&B EP, got you fucking with three tracks Add the six tracks like EGATS, he did that Someone sign this nigga up Please quick fast and ASAP Cause he can make a slap without the need for fake facts I can twist the rhythm like the light hit in a prism With a little bit of which I can apocalypse eclipse them Peep the metaphors before you say I never did some Like this summer you dickdoms Got no big funds for dim sum But you can smell the pheromones your bitch Yeah she did come Now why? Cause I got stacks as any nigga and my money packs hung See you ain't fucking with my coins, Jack Boy, I destroy raps and you touch sacks My vanac attack, I burst your box like Semtex Or Syntax yeah, another lyrical victim I'm talking slow, then it hits him I'm not a part of your system Your boy's a product of wisdom Like shit, son, my skin's tough Richard says, son, could it hurt my feelings So you better get guns and get good or get done Tips wet pun, his wrist rung And forged from my quips, puns And a hex tongue packing black lungs And a passion and a couple feminist chicks That like it when I smack buns Lights, camera factions Pretty idiots distracting from the actions Of the estate Establish ones, stacking outlandish funds until the whole planet's gone. Until it's dead and it's gone. 
dead and it's gone it's gone so we love one love one we love one love one till then love one love one love one love one love one until you're dead and you're gone we'll love one love one love one love one until you're dead and you're gone yeah yeah tip vicious here we be as you see just hanging out hey taylor always glad to rapping about the pleasures of life (laughs) still got it well we're still embracing life itself and here we be as you see doing more together than any of us can do on our own that is the case that is the case the case (laughs) the case study case law here we be and you're over there resting your case right dave i'm resting my case because my bag is out but here i am as long as i can i'll be hanging out hanging in and hanging around you've been hanging around for quite some time in fact next month we're going to be celebrating your 79th birthday that's a good uh, you mentioned that in fact uh, my b-day party no next month is uh to be exact november 12th not quite quite halfway through but close to it in the very uh, the three houses in Scorpio, whoa, 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 whoa. and once again, we're going to be uh, having our uh, B-Day party, as we do annually, that's once a year, at Adobe Bookstore on 24th Street, uh, just, uh, just a little between, uh, between here, if, if, uh, just off Folsom on 24th Street. Come on through. It'll be an open mic. It'll be some open arms, it'll be open heart, and the line I'm not saying potluck, but what I do say, in fact, I got it from that song, The Revolution Starts Now, it's not original with me, which is, last night I had a dream that everybody, the people gathered around and everybody brought what they had to bring and nobody went without. So that's what we're going to be doing uh, literally and figuratively and metaphorically and all the other ways that we can do it. All right. And that is, again, it's going to be Saturday, November 12th. November 12th. At Adobe Books over here at 24th Street. What time? That would be probably around six or so. Okay. Remember last year we had this. Uh, we actually took 24th Street, marched up the middle of the street. That's true. With uh, with uh, with uh, with a tri- tri- our whole, kind of our house band. I like yeah, to say. Yeah, we had Trio Combio. Trio Combio. And tri- um, we had the Thunderground Collective. There were parts of that too. And we did. We marched down the middle of, from Adobe Books down the middle of 24th Street, and we hooked a right on 20, 22nd and went to the Revolution Cafe. But you know, anything could happen. Well, that was the year before. Was that the year before? Yeah, that was Friday. The last Friday, the, the 12th of November, was a Friday. Oh, that's right. And so we, le- we, le- we left right here. Oh, yeah. At Mutiny Radio. And... Uh, Went my, over, and, went uh, over after the show. That's right. You know what? I came in that day, and I was not feeling well. So I didn't, I didn't actually make it over to Adobe last year. But this year, you're, as far as you know, you're feeling a lot better now. Is as that right? As far as I know, I feel and fantastic. And hopefully be featured uh, at, uh, at uh, Adobe along with uh, so many others, including Trio Cambio. Yeah, and actually the day after your birthday. So it's going to be an Adobe Books weekend that weekend. So your birthday is Saturday, November 12th, and then on Sunday, November, November 13th, 13th, from 5 to 7 p.m., Bloodflower and I and other poets, James Ellis, Jennifer Barone, E.K. Keith, um, we're going to be putting on a, um, a perf- having a performance over there at Adobe Books the day after your birthday. So um, if you come on Saturday and like what happens, come out on Sunday as well. Come on Sunday and uh, and we'll be and then maybe this Saturday, in fact, that we have this uh, have this procession 
I don't like to be worse than March uh, because I ain't, we ain't marching anymore. But we do stroll and stroll and saunter and proceed from Adobe Bookstore when they co when they've uh, close up, when they've had enough. We'll, we'll stroll, we'll, we'll stroll, we'll saunter, we'll proceed from Adobe Bookstore to uh, Revolution Cafe. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, coming up next month. Well, so, well, that's coming right up next month, and there should be a uh, so so watch for it. There should be a Facebook page. Hopefully, that's nice. happening, and well, uh, it, it'll be uh, there'll be a poster. In fact, uh, uh, several people are doing a poster. So all in all, we'll be coming together and doing more together than we can do on our own. All right. All right. Well, it's going to be a fine celebration. Well, well, that's next month, but coming up right now, uh, we've got our friends out here in the studio who are sitting there uh, patiently waiting and, and ready to play. And, it, yeah, it looks like uh, we've got uh, Joey Stewart and Danny the Machine. Go for it, you, you folks. Along the lines we heard before. Crops are all in, the peaches are rotten, orange nectarines and plums are all done. And send it south to the Mexican border, spend all our money, it's a swim back again. Goodbye, my walk, goodbye, Rosalita, adios, mis amigos, Jesus and Maria. Won't have a name when you ride on that airplane. I'll call you will be D14. Well, that sky plane caught fire over the way out. 600 miles to your Mexican border. It chases like outlaws, like brigands and thieves. It chases over land, it chases over water. You put us in the sky to meet our dear fate. Bye, my one, goodbye, Rosalita. Adios, these amigos, Jesus and Maria. You won't have a name when you ride on that airplane. All it call you will be G14. Well, that sky plane caught fire over Los Alamos Canyon. Thunder and lightning shook all our lives. Now, who are these good friends falling like teardrops? All the radio said was G4Cs. Goodbye, my one. Goodbye, Rosalia. Adios, Vizanitos, Jesus, and Maria. It won't have a name when you ride on that airplane. All it will call you will be G4Cs. All the radio said was G4Cs. I got a headstone after 80 years. Okay, Joseph will take away the Tommy Lee Jones Memorial oh. Booth. Wow, that was a hey, hey, that was a Woody Guthrie song, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, very relevant to our times. This one I wrote is called Universal Monkey. Up a little, just a little. Gee, yeah, you remember. I 
I've got a feeling that this world is spinning round and round. Everybody in the whole damn place wants to burn it down. You don't have to be a movie star. You're already on a big screen. As long as you got faith in mankind, babe, what more do you really need? Oh, yeah, but I can't take it with you when you go. But I give you my heart and my soul. I give you my heart, baby. If I could give you my soul, I would. Well, I've got a feeling that tomorrow ain't as bad as it dreams. Everybody trying to do their worst, but they can't get it right. You don't have to be mine or mouse. You're already on the cheese. Long as you got faith in mankind, oh baby, what more do you need? Oh, but you can't take it with you when you go. Even though I give you my heart and my soul, I give you my heart, babe. If I could give you my soul, I would.
somebody. Oh, Lord, to take the dark from the light. Keep the dark from the light. But not just anybody, baby. I need someone that ain't afraid to take a dive.
has a heavy soul. Yeah, but Dave, you're gonna say that. Oh, hey, before hey, you guys. Diamond. Hold on a minute. Oh, wait, you have one more? wait well, yeah, you guys can play another one, but we were uh, Dave said you guys have a show coming up. Is that yeah, is that the case? Yeah, uh, we've been asked to play at a party. A friend of mine has a tattoo shop on the corner of twenty second and Shotwell, and his name is Matt Black, and it's going to be from three o'clock until eight o'clock uh, barbecue, and then we're going to do some playing, and I hope. Some of you really good people can show up. What is it? It's Halloween in the afternoon. So I'll be really interested to see what it is you play, what turns out to be your set list. Oh, yeah. We haven't even got into that yet. Oh, well, I've got some time. <laughs> you you know, got a little I know time. you guys have, have a lot of, uh, a lot you could, you could put out there. Um, and with, thank you for being here. Um, and I, you got another one for us, right? Yeah, give us one more. Yeah. Wait, brothers. And thank and thank you and thank you to Tyler for moving around the microphones. I really appreciate that. My arms are not 15 feet long, uh, or 20. Right? Would, right? Wouldn't it be nice? Well, you've you've made it work on the guitar there, though, Joey. I see. <laughs> That's a hard. It's a hard reach. Sometimes it's a hard reach. Um, but yeah. All right, Joey Stewart, Danny the Machine. Take it away for another one, guys. Thank you very much. Means to means to want. I know what it means to want I know how it feels to need I know what it means to want I know what it means to want How come I can't figure this out How come I keep on breathing in and out how come my heart keeps on pounding inside of me how come I keep on needing I know what it means to want I know what it feels to need I know what it means to want now. I know what it means to want joy. How come I just can't figure it out? How come I just keep on breathing in and out? How come my heart keeps on pounding inside of me? How come I keep on needing? I know what it means to want. I know how it feels to need. I know what it means to want. Them. I know what it means to want. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. 
That that was a beautiful one. One more. That was a beautiful one. Oh, Dave. Dave, Dave says, uh, "What?" Well, he's holding his finger up as if he's about to, as if he's saying, with one finger held up, that one be, more. It's true. It could mean one a lot more. of things. It could be, it could mean like, aha, I've got it. Or it could mean, we are all one. Or it could mean, hey, wait a minute. This is dedicated to all the big girls out there. Oh, here we go. All the big girls. Here we go. She's a big mouth woman, talks all the time. Says she's got my money, but I ain't seen a dime. She's just a big mouth woman. A big mouth gal. Well, she's a big mouth woman who met a guy with a bigger mouth now. Well, she's a big mouth woman, baby. You know, she says she's got the best loving in the world. I got no loving yet. She's a big mouth woman. Another big mouth gal. Well, you're a big mouth woman who met a guy with a bigger mouth than now. Hey, babe, why don't you watch what you do? I got my eyes wide open and they're looking at you. You're a big mouth woman. Another big mouth gal. Well, you're a big mouth woman who met a guy with a bigger mouth now. Of course, baby, she's a big mouth woman. A big mouth gal. She's a big mouth woman. About the big mouth gal. Big mouth woman, baby, who met a guy with a bigger mouth now. Why you don't think you would just like all the rest Another big mouth woman Another big mouth gal Well, you're a big mouth woman Who met a guy with a bigger mouth now 
Thank you. Yeah. Hey. Bravo. Yo. Hey, big girls. All right. Right on. Okay. Got some real blues men in the house here with Joey Stewart and uh, Danny the Machine. A lot of fun having you guys. A lot of lot. Of, thank you so much for being here. And uh, you're listening to the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco Mission District. Here we be, as you see, as Diamond Dave says here. Uh, and we're here with our friend Richard Sandrell. Hi, Richard. Hey, Richard. Well, hello, everyone. Richard. Uh, before we get to you, uh, Dave, you get hold on. Uh, before we get to you, uh, Richard, it's so good to have you back. But I want to mention the fact that, the, uh, that we're hoping that the uh, League of Pistol voters would come through to uh, talk about their cheat seat. But in fact, uh, folks who would like to find it is online. And why don't you let people know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we actually, um, last week, if you download the podcast from last Friday, um, which was, I believe, the 14th of October, um, we had a couple of people in who are part of the San Francisco League of Pissed Off Voters um, who've released their 21st uh, slate card or, or list of um, endorsements for the upcoming election, which is on November 8th. And um, just as a reminder, if you haven't registered to vote yet, you have three more days to register to three vote. More. You can register, register, register ca.gov. I mean, you can find it. Um, you register in, um, in California if you're in California. You register in San Francisco if you're a San Francisco voter and you have a San Francisco address. You have three more days through October 24th to register to vote and vote on November the 8th. Um, of course, that's a Tuesday. But yeah, the, so the League of Pissed Off Voters... Um, they, they call their slate card and endorsements, uh, I think, believe heavily researched and heavily biased. Um, but that is the democratic process. So if you go to the leaguesf.org, that's the league, L-E-A-G-U-E-S-F.org, um, and you can see um, all their endorsements. And if you haven't been paying attention yet, um, the if you live in San Francisco, uh, we have a, a lot of... Well, so much to do. The the propositions A through X, A through X, that's 24 propositions on the San Francisco ballot alone, not to mention the Board of Education, the Community College Board, the Bart Board of Directors, the Board of Supervisors has several districts. If you live in one of the odd-numbered districts, 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, or 11, you're voting for um, the uh, the supervisor to represent you um, in your neighborhood and city hall. Um, then, and then California... Um, or voting for uh, U.S. Senate, U.S. House, two House seats, um, districts 12 and 14. 14's right here, uh, part of the, the peninsula here. Jackie Spear um, has been in District 14. She's up for re-election. Kamala Harris is running for U.S. Senate. Um, and uh, State Senate, um, voting for districts 11, 17, and 19 of the state of California. There's a superior court judge getting voted on. I mean, so many things. And the propositions from the state, I think we have like 
25 or so 17 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, like 17 different propositions for the state of California. So if you haven't started doing your homework like I have, um, and I started reading my books a couple weeks back, uh, one of the books, one of the uh, voter guides is 313 pages, uh, and that's I think that's one for the city, and then the state has another 200 and something pages. So it, it, it may seem a little daunting, but there's lots of organizations out there like the League of Pissed Off Voters who do the research, think about it, talk about it, and make their recommendations. Um, and they were in here last week on the show, right at the beginning. Um, we had Mark and Julian come in. So, um, you know, take a look. Use, use it as a little bit of a cheat sheet. But also, you know, if you don't feel comfortable voting on something, that's fine. But find some things in here. There's a lot of important things that are um, worth voting for uh, or voting on rather or against or right well just voting one way or the other um but register to vote if you have not until uh, you have until august 24th which is monday so by all means uh get the whole weekend as anarchist who votes by all means i plan to vote and i plan to continue with my uh, my anarchy which is the uh collective autonomous uh, uh, take on things. And here we be as you see, hey Val, hey Richard, so good to see you guys. Hey uh, Rainbow, uh, you're gonna be coming on next uh, after Richard, but I have, I'm looking at him right now. Hey Richard, what, what did you bring us today? What gifts have you brought to, to bring to us and uh, be heard around the planet on the internet? Take it away, Richard, his smile. All right. I get to take it away. Take it away, <laughs> and bring it up, bring it up, bring it all back home. That was uh, Bob Dylan won the uh, Nobel Prize for literature, and what was it was going to bring it all back home. So bring it all back and home. And uh, I, I still want to push for Desolation Row. One of the one of the finest, finest, finest pieces of poetry. There's many, but oh, that yeah. Desolation Row, folks. And back-to-back -back was Desolation Row and Highway 61. Yep, there we go. Back-to-back, -back, I believe that was a bring it all back home. Take it away, Richard. Fuck all you. right, well, um, I have a one, two, three, I think three, one, two, three short ones and one a little longer. So uh, we're going to start off. I have a couple new ones in there, but I'm going to read this one. It's called Really. Really. Veteran stares at VA artwork at his VA hospital. He awaits for an appointment, survives the war, but is killed by his own government. Veteran stares at the $20 million artwork not done by artists, by veteran artists who occupy these buildings, but by outsiders. Vets wonder how much it might have helped if vets told their stories as part of their healing. Veteran stares at veteran buildings, knowing those who rule these buildings have no clue how to heal the soul, mind, and spirit. He survives the war only to die from the system that, it, that created its wars. Veteran stares at this art as he passes, waiting. That one, you really, you really hit on some some real nerves richard um i mean i'm not a veteran but um i actually grew up my, my mom worked for the veterans administration for 18 years um, my my father was a patient there um i when i was a kid i used to volunteer up there um to help you know like register people and, and push folks around and, and give them meal tickets and stuff i mean it's it's really 
it, 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 it's really sad to me how it's not part of our uh, bigger conversation. Um, the the trauma that that veterans experience, and and not even combat veterans, no. uh, people who I have just combat, been through uh, the military um, training service uh, system, and come out the other side, um, and it's uh, so much of it. I think is is misunderstood. Well, uh, I I write this because I want people to understand that there are consequences. You know, when you get your, uh, I'm sorry, but when you get your hormones all worked up and into a lather uh, and you're ready to, you know, do this macho bullshit with war, you better know what the hell you're doing and what you're going to be doing to the people that you're sending. And why are you going to send these people into a useless war or to a money-making war and then have them come back and wonder why they're having these problems? You know, so uh, I hope I am hitting a nerve. You know, I I want people to know what the consequences are because you're not looking. You're too busy shopping. Hmm. Most of you. Not all of you. And the ones who aren't are the ones who are looking or have given up. Yeah. You know, and I don't blame people for giving up. It's a tough, tough, tough. It's tough. I don't care where you're coming from. It's tough. White people just have it a little bit better because we get the jobs. But I don't care who you are. In this, it's not about color. It's about green. And it's tough, tough, and it's tough. I have so many friends who, and you do too. How many of us have friends who are barely making it out here? And how many of them are veterans who probably are out of their freaking minds? Yeah. Who probably will never come back. That is your price. Now, if you don't really give a damn, well, then I guess that's on you. And you see what we get when we have that. Yeah, I mean, we just need to, I think it's a society. It's, I, I find it that there, it's the military and military service seems to be a very polarizing um, topic in, in, the, to in the general uh, yes. conversation of, of our country, um, you know, because heaven forbid anybody in Washington, D.C. Say, say, you know, anything bad about the military, right? But at the same time, we have a generation and many generations now who have been sent to war. We had the Vietnam War. We had the Gulf War. Even World we War had, II. Right? World it's War II is still lingering. Right? You have to make these people less than human beings so you can go over there and kill them. That's why the Vietnamese became gooks. Uh, I, you know, and all the different names we call people that we go to war with, well, uh, what you know, ragheads, all kinds of different names we call people. Sure. So we dehumanize them, and it's easier for you to kill them. Right. But then, but what, what I was going to say is, I feel like, and then here, you know, with the the war that started in Afghanistan and moved on to Iraq, you know, we have generations like my generation growing up here and seeing the the uselessness, the the propaganda, the the the, the terrible dehumanization the uh, of war, and then but you have a generation of, of folks who who got pulled into it or signed you know signed up for it, and they're coming back from these wars that are happening right now, yeah. and and the the terrible fact is that. 22 veterans, U.S. military, 22 every day commit suicide in our country. 22 every day. I mean, I, I certainly am not an expert on on the the epidemic of suicide, but you know, I mean, what other group of people 
you know, can we actually say that about? I mean, that is pointing to some severe disturbances. Yes. And and it's it's not okay. And and it's hard when you have a generation of of you know kind of anti-war folks like like myself who who see these you know as money-making wars, um, but also you know not wanting to support the actions of our military but then have but then having our veterans come home and having them reincorporate into 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 society we 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 need to care about them as human beings even if they were doing dehumanizing things for myself my generation uh, i could be dated by the fact i was too young for the korean war it was not considered a war. It was called a conflict, I think. Right. We haven't and had a declared for war for So I'm a relic World of the, uh, a veteran of the war at home uh, right here, buddy. And All here you are. All kinds of veterans. All kinds of veterans. I'm a veteran right. of the war at home. Stretching. And we were on the streets of San Francisco uh, back after Tet, the Tet Offensive. Uh. And things went downhill from there rapidly. And here you are, Richard. So good to have you here on well, a regular it, it basis. Almost, it must also be said the difference is we're not seeing the bodies come back. We're not seeing, uh, we're not seeing these uh, human beings' lives being blown away right. on our TV screens as we used to uh, right. and that's, back in the 60s. Uh, and that's you know, deliberate they, they censorship. That and they don't show that, so that's why people become even more desensitized to it. Well, but uh, this next piece may uh, is sort of a continuation. I told you it was going to be a little dark today. We're ready for it. We're, we're, we're light heavy. Richard, so, so we, bring, bring it the in. The wars are scars. USA, war scars everything. For every wound a scar. Child, mother lives between warring sides. Who cares less about their survival as guns flash, bullets fly? USA is born in war and will die in war. Oh, tell me how you hate war. But will you? But you will go there in a heartbeat, heartbeat, at war with worlds as well as itself. Usa the violent, never the peaceful. Usa bought us the foulest of slavery, fought a civil war that never really ended. No longer cotton plantations. New slave masters run the prisons and the streets. USA forgets native people are still here, are separate nations from USA, out of sight, out of mind, except when you want them to do ceremony or prayers, but you still won't recognize their sovereignty or treaties. Most assume when meeting native people that they expect them to be speaking Spanish or that Sikhs or Muslims is really quite tiresome. USA. You've been a little punk brat throwing temper tantrums, a sexist, racist, homophobic rapist of the two-legged flora and fauna. You genocide for profit. Usa, you're not the only bully on the block, just the big one. Two-leggeds breed many bullies. Have we not seen today many, many days ago and over and over and over? Usa... The scars of the heart, mind, and soul are not healed or reconciled, but scarred. There will be no love or sadness when you go, only regret that you took the road of the bully, destroyer of worlds, instead of peacemonger. Heed Richard Sandrell's words. (laughs) I told you we could make light of this a little bit. We could light, lighten it up a little bit. 
Well, but also, isn't it? I mean, isn't part of it? You know, letting it, letting it get out there and, and well, sharing. I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm probably just somebody ranting in in the woods and in the wind. Well, uh, and, and, and into I, the I have to say it. I have to find a way to do it. And if anybody else likes it, well, that's gravy. If it doesn't, that's still gravy as far as I'm concerned. At least you listened. Um, so, you know, I don't want to take myself too seriously. These are just, uh, you know, I am going on 71 now. I have come to certain conclusions about life. I have seen some things. Uh, and uh, so I'm just, uh, you know, I told somebody I'm sort of like a reporter. I'm sort of handing in what I've, what I've seen. Uh, but they, they said, no, you, actually you're doing more than that and you have to do more, and I agree. I can't just be the reporter, I have to be the activist, I have to be, I have to be all the things that I write about as well. So, um, anyway, I've got two other ones. Uh, this, the, both of these are not quite as heavy. Uh, one short and the other one's uh, about the blues. So I want the Blues Brothers to hear it. I sit watching Valencia. I sit watching Valencia. She's barely recognizable now, broken up, relocated. Her grit, working class flavor, activist, home of the hoop, where only their ghosts roam, replaced by new classes of people. I sit watching Valencia, your funkiness replaced with slickness sickness. There will be no mariachis, no more altars, no more funky coffee houses, no longer modern times bookstore, no longer, longer. I sit watching Valencia where businesses change and change, and with each rising rent rises like a drunken building, sinking, leaning, waiting for the fall. I miss you, Valencia. And on the upbeat, we're going to do Freddie King, one of my favorite blues artists. And uh, it's called The Kings Have Gone. So I hope my brothers are out there. If they're outside uh, running away. Yeah. Oh, they're out there. Good. All right. All right. Uh, here it is. The Kings Have Gone. The kings of the blues have gone. Long live the kings. Crawling king snake is saddened. B.B. the last of the kings passed, Albert before, and Freddie the first to go at 42. He loved them all, but he loved Freddie the best. Texas blues coupled with hard-driving Chicago blues. Freddie gave us the blues, a new edge, one of the best things ever to come out of Texas outside of Dr. Local and all the stories and talents he knows where the snake is unschooled. Freddie, the hard-driving working guitar player who could make you jump, stomp and holler, scream and shout with joy, blues run red with love, makes you smile, makes you cry. He could howl with Alan Wolf. If you've been mistreated, you could just tell, I'm, excuse me, if you've just been mistreated, you know I, what I'm talking about, as he could walk you through the blues with the flavor of Jimmy Rogers walking his cries, blues clean, so that you would scream raw and with its gritty licks of joy. Freddie made you get up and dance, shake your hips. You remember how to shake your hips. He took you to the places, to the palace of the king that was living on the highway. He begged someone, help me through the day. He brings cleansing rains. 
He was the boogeyman, the king-size boogeyman. No one can do it like he can. Crawling King Snake loved this piece. It made him swoon and shake his shaker in ecstasy. Gives him that backbeat, that bump and grind, the great takeoff. Listen to the group of musicians, cooperators, sanctified, cleansed, freed in, the tr in their truth. This made Snake want to get together with Coyote. Only so much satisfaction playing with albums, CDs. Coyote's maid, who goes by Cassandra, is out with the pups, and Coyote and Cassandra need to give Coyote intelligence to fill up intelligent pups' minds. Since Snake can't be do live with another musician, he puts on more, more Freddie King and plays along with the King live. No, not Elvis, Freddie! Hey, I, I think that, that calls upon nothing else but playing some Freddie King. Uh, do you have that? Is that? Did you have another poem you wanted to no, do? No, no, no. I've, I've, I've more monopolated my time today. Oh, well, you're not monopolizing. You're putting it out there. You're sharing. And here be some Freddie King. Meanwhile, while Freddie King is coming on, I see none other. Welcome back, Rainbow. We're going to play a little Freddie King. Uh, we're going to play some Freddie King. The King well, I... Yeah, we could, let's see. I, well, I thought I had something going well, here. Oh, I, you know what I do? I just, you know what I did? I got a mute button, and I know how to use it. Here we go. Right, perfect. Here be Freddie King, and then here this be Rainbow. This is, one, this is one of my favorites, since you, since you mentioned uh, the Chicago sound. The, the driving Chicago blues sound.
sweet home San Francisco here at Mutiny Radio. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Common Thread Collective today. It's already been a great show, and we still have about another hour to go. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited because our friend Rainbow has come back. Uh, we haven't seen you for a while, but that's okay. That's how it goes. Um, but it was good. it's good to see you back, Rainbow. Welcome. Oh, good to be back, though. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Thanks I know you for got- having me. Always. You're always welcome on the Common Thread Collective. Um, And I know you got some original. It feels good to be here. (laughs) Right on. I know you got some originals for us, so uh, by all means. Okay, uh, here it goes. The flowers that blossom in the spring Makes you want to dance and sing There's a light in your eyes As bright as the sun Shine on Until the sky comes tumbling down and buries you underground. So hard to see the daylight when it's as black as So you say you wanna fly so high and disappear in the sky. Forget all your worldly misery. Be happy and be free. Fly so high behind that disorder. In eternity, there's no such thing as time, it's all a concept of the mind. Still, the flowers have died, and the summer is gone. The cold wind is coming on You can live or you can die You can laugh or cry
Thank you, thank you. Do you want to give us another? Yeah. 
Well, give us another couple songs if you'd like. Yeah, I got a couple to want for. Couple, right give us a couple on. more. Yeah, Perfect. Well, Rainbow, uh, it's up to you. This Rainbow. one's called Thinking of Ways to Be Kind. And it's based on something that Arlo Guthrie said. Imagine a war and nobody comes.
Yeah, Rainbow. Thank you. Uh, one more. Yeah, sure. Give us one more, Rainbow. Thank you for thinking of ways to be kind. Uh, I just wanted to say, like, um, that one time at a rainbow gathering, you know, like I was stand, st sitting in the hub of, like, 250 people or something coiled around chanting Om, right? And I put my ear to the earth, right? And it seemed I was hearing or crying, and I kept on saying, I'm so sorry. But I ended up writing this song. So it came all at once. So, but anyway, this is it then. Oh, thanks. Thank you. There's a sweet girl Someplace in the world But don't you is a cesspool Just take a look at the skin that you're living in I thought that you might like to know
There'll be no place left to Thank you so much. Rainbow. I really love you guys, man. It's uh have a good one. Oh, it is a good one when Rainbow's here. We love the Mother Earth too. Well, it's, uh, it's uh, no place left to be but right here for sure. Hey, Kim Shuck is here, sitting here in the studio with us. Yeah, welcome, Kim Shuck. But before Kim, uh, I've been handed this by one of the duo. Had a duo to ask to write, read this. I'm going to do this by uh, Billy Collins, who I think Kim, uh, I think Billy thought uh, before Francisco Rara, Kim, uh, Billy, Billy Collins was a poet, National Poet Laureate. He was. I saw Billy Collins not too long ago over at Berkeley. Uh, he was performing. Yeah, so this is his poem that's in the New Yorker. Yeah, the New Yorker. Cosmology. Okay. I'm going to turn, cosmology, okay. I'm gonna, then I'll turn it over to Kim to you too. Cosmology. I never put much stock in the image of the earth resting on the backs of four elephants who are standing on the back of a sea tear turtle who in turn... Uh, who are in, who is in turn supported by an infinite regression of turtles disappearing into a bottomless forever? I mean, how could you get how could you get them all to stay, to stay still? Now that we are the subject, my substitute picture would have the Earth with its entire population of people and things resting on the head of Keith Richards, who's holding a marble in one hand and a bottle of Jack Daniels in the other. As long as Keith, Keith gets talking about the, the influence of, of the blues on the Rolling Stones, the earth will continue to spin merrily, merrily and revolve in a timely manner around the sun. But if he changes the subject or even pauses too long, it's pretty much curtains for us all. <laughs> Unless, of course, one person somehow survives being hurtled into the frigidity of outer space, then we would have a movie on our hands. But wait, these wouldn't be any hands to write the script. There wouldn't be any hands to write the scripts 
forms the script or make the movie, and no theaters either, no buttered popcorn, no giant Pepsi. Putting that aside, let's imagine, imagine Keith standing on the, on the other Rolling Stones or standing on the shoulders of Muddy Waters or, uh, and uh, uh, Freddie King or were it not for that endless stack of turtles, one on top of the other all the way down, Muddy Waters would be still standing on nothing at all. Okay. Would be standing on nothing at all. Thank you, Billy Collins. Thank you, Billy and Collins. And hey, Kim Shock, you have a few announcements and maybe some poetry to read. And one of the announcements I think has to do with uh, on bookshop, uh, bookstore row, 24th Street, which is uh, Adobe, which is uh, no, not Adobe. My, which is uh, which is uh, Stray Cat? Is it Stray Cat? Alley Cat. Alley Cat, and then is Modern Times. Maybe too far down twenty down Twenty Fourth Street uh, to uh, survive. I don't know. But anyway, they're giving out the ghost. Is that right? Tell us about what's happening. That's my understanding. I I do a poetry series at Modern Times, and the next. Um, the next one in my series is the last one. What's happening to that? After that, we're going to move it someplace else. Wait, because what's happening on the last one? On the last one, we're having a potluck and a giant reading. We've got three people who are incredible who are featuring, but um, we'd like to encourage the other people who read at the series before to come by and, um, you know, bring a food, bring a poem. We're going to see it out in grand style on November 13th. November 13th. Yeah. And that's a Sunday, right? It's the second Sunday in November. And we're still negotiating what time we're starting, but it definitely is starting before 4 o'clock this time. So we're going to do it right. Um, yeah, I hold out a hope, actually, that, that we might resurrect it, but who knows? I'm not really sure. It's, it's a thin hope. I mean, Marcus Books came back, and we thought we'd, we thought we'd seen the last of that. Yeah. I feel like our city has cancer. And that, you know, I mean, it, it's really, it's really not good right now. And when an institution that has served really most of the underrepresented communities in the city for 45, 45 years, years. Wow. 45 years is going under because of, you know, the rent increases for businesses, because we seem to need more ironic coffee houses and more, you know, um, molecular gastronomy and you know that sort of thing I just don't get it I don't well, get it I've, 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 I was a uh, I've, I was a regular at modern times when they're on Valencia Street yes yeah, so and now I. it's about the, the rents going up and all of that they had to move to 24th Street and apparently they're keeping the head above water just wasn't happening but here they are and here you are and here we're going to be. There's going to be a party there tomorrow, I believe. That's what I hear. I didn't know about that one. I just knew about the one on, on the 13th of November. So that'll be the 13th. That's the day after my B-Day where I'm going to be turning 79 years old. Oh, yeah. So who's to say how long I got? But yeah. anyway, I'm still here now. Hopefully we'll make the next one. And on November 13th, um, 
Bloodflower and I and James Ellis and E.K. Keith and Jennifer Barone, we're going to be performing uh, from 5 to 7 o'clock at uh, Adobe Books. So you have to come early and come to my gig, too. Perhaps we will so, we'll yeah. cruise over like early. It sounds like a rather poetic weekend. It does sound like a rather poetic weekend. So people sure. can kind of uh, you know take that, that poetic stroll up and down 24th Street and hear some music, hear some uh, poetry, and... and um, We'll have a, a community day over there. I think it'll be done. Book, bookshop two? Row or uh, the 24th Street Soul Stroll is what I call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, back, in the, back in the 50s, I was up and down Grant Street, beatniks are called. I turned 30 on that street that some called Love, others called Hate Street. At the uh, end of that summer, they called the Summer of Love, 1967. And it looks like this time through, I'm going to be on 24th Street from Grant Avenue to the Hate Street, and now 24th Street, our stroll. Let's keep it that way. Take it away, Kim. Okay, so this Sunday... Let's tell us. ...at 2 o'clock at Bird and Beckett Books, another Beckett. great institution. Indeed. Bird is Charlie Parker, Beckett is Samuel Beckett, and bring it all, bring it all back home. Right. Go ahead, tell us. So uh, we're celebrating uh, San Francisco... Um, alas, one of our late poets in San Francisco, Susan Heron Sibbett. I have a short story about... Susan Sibbett. She, she was having me read some of her poems one time in a cafe, and I was reading through them, and one of them said something about her not being famous, and uh, she spent her career not seeking that, but rather teaching children through California Poets in the School. She was a director. She was a treasurer. She's, she'd done almost anything that one could do for California Poets in the Schools, and um, I'm sitting there reading that poem. I looked up, and, and behind her in the window, there's a child who is clearly screaming her name, but we can't hear her because of the window in between, <laughs> pointing her out to his mother. And I said, turn around, Susan. You are famous. <laughs> in a bigger way, That's in a more important is. way. She was an amazing woman. She was a very good friend of mine, and she passed away some years back. Mm. But they've come out with a posthumous mm. book for her called Great Blue. And... Uh, and I've been really enjoying it. I wanted to read a couple poems out of it. Let's do that. Let's bring her back to life. Absolutely. This is called Cesura. The middle daughter was always anxious. She was missing something, like those breaks in the middle of an old poem, Beowulf. She was puzzled. When she first read it, the pause or space, the line balanced, who put it there, what was it for, the breath, a natural break, to speak, the long and consonated line. Some looked at the common scrunched thingness, all rumbled together into the tub of sound and never noticed the silent center or how the family made decisions balanced in that weighing. The older ones needed the younger ones. The younger ones had to have them, but where was the break? Wow, well, where's the break? Uh, take it out. That's food for thought. That's what I call food for thought. She's, she's that way. This one's probably a little easier to follow than, than I read that last one. I for, forgive me, Susan. Um, it's called Edges Like Toast. My grandmother came out just the once on the train from Oklahoma with her small black shoes, her slippery dark dresses. I wanted to touch her, to put her smooth round cheeks with my hands. My heron grandmother stood still and listened. Her silence was complicated like the curve of a small brown egg. 
My father's mother, she stood in the middle of my mother's kitchen and stirred down the fermenting batter for her special bread made from potatoes and cornmeal, my father's favorite, that small heavy loaf of salt rising bread, sour, golden yellow, tasted better toasted, spread with apple butter. My grandmother kept her edges like toast, mounded, hard, sour, good as toast, my heron grandmother. Wow, that's toasty. Like, that's beautiful. I like oh, that I one. I can, love her work. Can you say the author's name again? Susan Heron Sibbett. Susan Heron Sibbett. Like yeah, Civet Cat. Yeah. So she was um, very involved with California poets in the schools for years and years and years. She also kept a community garden and uh, danced, was madly in love with one man essentially most of her life. and and they danced together and I, this is a thing I remember so we're celebrating her at Bird and Beckett with a vacha oh lovely vacha of course oh good and, <laughs> and, and Linda vacha. Noel and you know it's, oh those soulful voices it's gonna be to bring it to life amazing and Susan also wrote a poem that was very unlike her which is almost a jazz piece that we're going to stage because it's impossible to read by oneself. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be myself and E.K. and Doug Salen, who used to be um, um, a singer with the Marin Symphony Chorus, has a lovely baritone voice. So it's me and E.K. and a baritone reading a three-part poem. Oh, which cool. should be worth... And I believe that's at 3 o'clock Sunday, am I right? 2 o'clock Sunday. 2 o'clock Sunday at Bird and Beckett in Glen Park. In Glen Park on Chenery Street. 2 o'clock. So we'd love to see you all there. Avaj is always a good show by herself, but I mean, it's it's a really loaded show. You know, she and I and Chata uh, started out on KPO together in the early early 70s. Mm -hmm. KPO, Community Radio 89.5. And here I am still doing after many, many decades. And so here she be, and here we be, and it's the we is. So I'll see you, if not before. Why don't you come in next Friday, and we'll let people know what's happening on that weekend. Lots of stuff that weekend, too. I shall do that. But 79th B-Day, 79, oh, my goodness. And uh, and Modern Times, uh, still at it. So by all means... uh, Kim, it's so good to see you. It's always and let good me to say, and I say, Kim has also made the short list for the uh, Poet Laureate. Is that right? That is correct. And so, uh, so anybody likes to lend a hand and say, Kim Shock, Poet Laureate, here we are. Is that <laughs> and right? I get, Dave. And we okay, find good. out in February, is it? I don't know. I feel they like said by the end of the year. Oh, by the end of the year. Sort of coming up a pace. I know, right? Yeah, there's a, huh. there's a small group from the. Uh, there's a, there's a uh, what I was about to say. Here's what I was about to say. Uh, uh, there's a there's a small group of librarians who decide on the short list. I think you've already made, you've already crossed that bar, and then it goes to the mayor, and the mayor quote unquote chooses the uh, <laughs> lord. Is that right? Yeah, I think there's another panel in between that's made up the, of former laureates and um, sort of the the. Uh, um, uh, authorities on poetry in the greater. So I know there are a few people from. Uh, Jack Hirschman is one of them for sure. I be a Jack Michelin person. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, in fact, have you seen that picture of me on the wall 
At 21st in Florida? Yes. 21st and uh, just off Valencia. Valencia, yeah. yeah. Valencia, yeah. Yeah, there's me, and uh, hanging over me like a ghost is, in fact, uh, Jack Michelin. <laughs> Not a Hirschman, but a Michelin. But here we are. Enough said about that. And I believe I saw Zellis coming through. Is he here? He is. He is. He is. He's going to so get up can, there in a uh, moment. Come on by next Friday if you if you happen to have the time. Yeah. And we'll let people know about the fact that on the 13th, you're going to be in modern times. Absolutely sure. Okay. Did you mention Thank the you list so much. still in process is who's going to be reading on that final day for you at modern times? Is that right? Uh, well, okay. So we have three features, and our three features are John Twiddell, who is a Tsimshian traditional storyteller but also a poet. We're going to have uh, Kurt Schweigman, who is a Lakota poet, and we're going to have Tongo Eisen Martin, who is just a local kick-ass poet. Well, shit. Well, I can't wait. I can see my B-Day, <laughs> and then we'll, come, we'll, we'll go down the street. Well, we had been, well, we had been going to have a, uh, uh, like we've had on other Saturdays, have a procession from there to the Revolution Cafe, but I think the procession could, if we could work it out, so the procession could go down Bookshop Row, Passing by La, 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 passing by Alicat uh, and uh, Elio and uh, what's the paper and the bookstore and then ending up at Modern Times. Perhaps we could make that happen. That would be lovely. Let's do it. Lovely. We'll, do, we'll it. take 24 Nice. Street. And uh, and and uh, before you go, so I've, you just handed me this this really beautiful posthumous collection of poems by Susan Heron Sibbett, Great Blue, that you're going to be celebrating at. Uh, Bird and Beckett this Sunday. Um, I'd like to read a poem out of it. Please. This one's called Invocation. And uh, this goes out to some loved ones, and I mean that. Oh, pig mother, dainty red eyes, wedgie trotters, our rowdy sow. Oh, crossbred queen, mother of thousands, lift your slit ear, your cartilaginous snout, ruler of the swine barn. Oh, Mother Pignut, Earth Nut, Caria Glabra, may your children ever circle and dart. May their numbers fill the lists, their names roll from the tongues of judges. May their every piggy expression charm you. Oh, Pig Mother, Crossbred Queen, our rowdy sow. <laughs> Isn't she awesome? <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I have some uh, family that... Uh, uh, raises raises hogs, and we just saw them down in the Kern County Fair. So, um, a, a little known fact, myself, Global Val here, local city girl, fifth generation San Franciscan. Turns out, I'm a real good pig judge. I pick a winner every time. Who knew? Hidden talents, folks. Let that be your inspiration. Anyhow, <laughs> thank you, Kim Sheck, for coming through. And we look forward to um, the Modern Times uh, production on November 13th um, before Modern Times closes, but also the continuation of your reading series on Second Sundays, as I know you will tenaciously pursue another venue uh, to see what's what's coming up. This is a community. Um, yeah, you're listening to the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco, 21st in Florida. And we do have Mr. James Zealous up at the microphone, and Bloodflower is sitting at the piano. And I believe he's going to read a little bit of philosophy from J. Krishnamurti. Thank you, Global Val. What is it that most of us are seeking? What is it? Each one of us wants. 
especially in this restless world where everyone's trying to find some kind of peace, some kind of happiness, a refuge. Surely it is important to find out, isn't it? What it is we're trying to seek. That is what we're trying to discover. Probably most of us are seeking some kind of happiness, some kind of peace. In a world that is ridden with turmoil, wars, contention, strife, we want a refuge where there can be some kind of peace. I think that is what most of us want. So we pursue. Go from one leader to another, from a religious organization to another, from one teacher to another. Now, is it that we're seeking happiness? Or is it that we're seeking gratification of some kind from which we hope to derive happiness? There is a difference between happiness and gratification. Can you even seek happiness? Perhaps you can find gratification, but surely you cannot find happiness. Happiness is derivative. It is a byproduct of something else. So, before we give our minds and hearts to something which demands a great deal of earnestness, attention, thought, care, we must find out, must we not, what it is that we are seeking. Whether it is happiness or gratification. I'm afraid most of us are seeking gratification. We want to be gratified. We want to find a sense of fulfillment at the end of our search. After all, if one is seeking peace, one can find it really easily. One can devote oneself blindly to some cause, to an idea, and take shelter there. Surely that does not solve the problem. Mere isolation in an enclosing idea is not a release from conflict. So we must find, must we not, what it is inwardly, as well as outwardly, what each one of us wants. If we are clear on that matter, you don't have to go to anywhere, to any teacher, any church, any organization. Therefore, our difficulty is to be clear in ourselves regarding our attention. Is it not? Can we be clear? And does that clarity come through some searching, through trying to find out what others say? From the highest teacher to the ordinary preacher, in a church around the corner. Have you got to go to somebody to find out? If that is what we are doing, is it not? We read innumerable books. We attend many meetings and discuss. We join various organizations. Trying thereby to find a remedy to the conflict, to the misery in our lives. Or if we don't do all that, we think we have found. That is, we say that a particular organization, a particular teacher, a particular book satisfies us. We found everything we want in that. And we remain in that crystallized 
and enclosed. Do we not seek through all this confusion something permanent? Something lasting, something which we call real. God, truth, what you like, the name doesn't matter. The word is not the thing, surely. So don't let us be caught in words. Leave that to the professional lecturers. <laughs> there is a search for something permanent, is there not? In most of us. Something we can cling to. Something which will give us assurance, a hope, a lasting enthusiasm, a lasting certainty. Because in ourselves, we are so uncertain. We do not know ourselves. We know a lot about facts, what the books have said, but we do not know for ourselves. We do not have direct experience. And what is it that we call permanent? What is it that we are seeking which will or which we hope will give us permanency? Are we not seeking lasting happiness? Seeking gratification, lasting certainty. We want something that will endure everlastingly, which will gratify us. If we strip ourselves of all the words and phrases, actually look at it, that is what we want. We want permanent pleasure, permanent gratification, which we call truth. God or what you will. Very well. We want pleasure. Maybe that is putting it rather crudely, but it is actually what we want. Knowledge that will give us pleasure. Experience that will give us pleasure. A gratification that will not wither away by tomorrow. And we have experimented with various gratifications, and they have all faded away. And we hope now to find permanent gratification in reality, in God. Surely that is what we are all seeking, the clever ones and the stupid ones, the theorist and the factual person who is striving after something. And is there permanent gratification? Is there something which will endure? Now, if you seek permanent gratification, calling it God or truth or what you will, the name doesn't matter. Surely you must understand. Must you not? The thing you are seeking? When you say, I'm seeking permanent happiness, God, truth, or what you will, must you not also understand the thing that is searching? The searcher, the seeker. Because they may, there may be no such thing as a permanent security, permanent happiness. Truth may be something entirely different. I think it is utterly different. From what you can see, conceive, formulate. Therefore, before we seek something permanent, is it not obviously necessary to understand the seeker? Is the seeker different from the thing he seeks? When you say, I am seeking happiness, is the seeker different from the object of his search? Is the seeker different from the thought? Are they not? 
a joint phenomenon rather than separate processes. Therefore, it is essential, is it not, to understand the seeker before you try to find out what he is seeking. So, we've come to a point then when we ask ourselves really honestly and profoundly if peace, happiness, reality, God or what you will can be given to us by someone else. Can this incessant search, this longing, give us that extraordinary sense of reality? That creative being which comes when we really understand ourselves. The self-knowledge through search, through following someone else, through belonging to any organization, through reading books and so on. After all, that is the main issue, is it not? That so long as I do not understand myself, I have no basis for thought. All my search will be in vain. I can escape into illusions. I can run from contention, strife, struggle. I can worship another. I can look for my salvation through someone else. So long as I'm ignorant of myself, so long as I am unaware of the total process of myself, I have no basis for thought, for affection, for action. But that is the last thing we want to know ourselves. Surely that is the only foundation on which we can build. But before we can build, before we can transform, before we can condemn or destroy, we must know that which we are. To go out seeking, changing gurus, teachers, practicing yoga, breathing, performing rituals, following, and all the rest of it is utterly useless, is it not? It has no meaning. Even though the very people whom we may follow say, still yourself. Because what we are, the world is. If we are petty, jealous, vain, greedy, that is what we create about us. That is the society in which we live. It seems to me that before we set out on a journey to find reality, to find God, before we can act, before we can have any relationship with another, which is a society, which is essential, it is essential that we begin to understand ourselves first. I consider the honest person to be one who is completely concerned with this first. Not how to arrive at a particular goal. Because if you and I do not understand ourselves, how can we in action bring about a transformation in society, in relationship, in anything we do? And it does not mean, obviously, that self-knowledge is opposed to or isolated from relationship. It does not mean, obviously, emphasis on the individual, the me, as opposed to the mass, as opposed to another. Now, without knowing yourself, without knowing your own way of thinking or why you think certain things, without knowing the background of your conditioning and why you have certain beliefs about art, and religion, certain beliefs about your country and your neighbor, and about yourself. How could you think truly about anything? 
that knowing your background without knowing the substance of your thought and whence it comes. Surely your search is utterly futile. Your action has no meaning, has it? Whether you are an American or a Hindu, or whatever your religion is, has no meaning either. Before we can find out what the end purpose of life is, what it all means, wars, national antagonisms, conflicts, the whole mess, we must begin with ourselves, must we not? It sounds so simple. It is extremely difficult to follow oneself, to see how one's thought operates. One has to be extraordinarily alert. So that one begins to be more and more alert to the intricacies of one's own thinking and responses and feelings. One begins to have a greater awareness, not only of oneself, but of another within whom one is in relationship. To know oneself is to study oneself in action, which is relationship. The difficulty is that we are so impatient. We want to get on. We want to reach an end. So we have neither the time nor the occasion to give ourselves the opportunity to study, to observe. Alternatively, we have committed ourselves to various actions, to earn a livelihood, to rearing children, or taking on certain responsibilities of various organizations. We have so committed ourselves in different ways that we have hardly any time for self-reflection. To observe, to study. So really, the responsibility of the reaction depends on oneself, not on another. The pursuit all the world over of gurus and their systems. Reading the latest books on this and that, and so on. It seems to be so utterly empty, utterly futile. If you may wander all over the earth, but you have to come back to yourself. And as most of us are totally unaware of ourselves, it's extremely difficult to begin to see clearly the process of our thinking and feeling and action. Let's bring it up. The more you know yourself, the more clarity there is. Self-knowledge has no end. You don't come to an achievement. You don't come to a conclusion. It's an endless river. As one studies it, as one goes into it more and more, one finds only when the mind is tranquil through self-knowledge and not through self-imposed self-discipline only then in that tranquility in that silence can reality come into being it's only then that there can be bliss that there can be creative action and it seems to me that without this understanding, without this experience, really to read books, to attend talks, to do propaganda, James Ellis, is so infantile. It's an activity without much meaning. Whereas, if one is able to understand oneself, thereby bring about that creative happiness, that experiencing of something that is not of the mind, then perhaps, there could be a transformation in the immediate relationship about us. And so, in the world in which we live.
the world in which we live. Thank you, James and Bloodflower, for uh, sharing the J. Krishnamurti meditation with us all here today on the Common Thread Collective, MutinyRadio.fm. And all I have to say to that is Shabbat Shalom. Peace. And thank God it's for Freya's Day. That's right. And I want to thank uh, Organic Valley. This is our first guy run through for the next year. Uh, we're being underwritten. Is that right? That is right. Underwritten, which, because uh, I've been broke, 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 this, uh, this will make things a lot simpler. All we have to do is come right in and sit right down and do the show. Is that right? Pretty much. And that's pretty much it. And it's been another fine show, I think. It has. Uh, and another one where we, uh, where we did. We t- touched on a lot of points and brought a lot of folks in and did more together than any of us could do on our own. It's true. It's true. And I want to make a couple announcements about things we weren't, uh, didn't talk about earlier. A um, couple of events coming up uh, tomorrow at the in Oakland, uh, from starting at 11 o'clock, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's going to be the the 50th anniversary of the Black Panther Party uh, rally and concert at Franco Gawa Plaza in Oakland um, all day tomorrow. And um, so Saturday, October 22nd, 11 to 5. Uh, it is a free event. Uh, so uh, October 2016 marks the 50th anniversary of the legendary organization, the Black Panther Party. To celebrate this moment, original members of the Panthers and progressive people from all over the world um, will descend on Oakland. And, and Dave, Dave's tapping me on the shoulder. And I was there then, but I was there now. I believe yeah. that. Uh, it, oh, here, well, you want to tell it? Yeah, yeah Tyler's got right an event to plug as that. well. Uh, hey. Uh, Tip Vicious here. Um, actually, I'm not involved with this one, um, but I was just scrolling through like uh, the social media. By the way, if you're on social media, Instagram, add us. Comedy, oh, excuse me, Common Thread Mutiny on Instagram. Um, so yeah, I followed a lot of local artists from Sacramento and San Francisco, and one of uh, one of a really really great spoken uh, spoken word artists and upcoming hip hop artist in Sac is. Dre T. I actually went to high school with this guy, but um, he's been doing a lot um, of really positive stuff in the community. And um, he posted this. It's hashtag schools, not prisons, uh, presents Freedom Fest. Um, it's a, I guess it's a it's an all day show. It's all ages. It's free. It's in Stockton, California on October 28th at 3 p.m. Um, Los Rockas, Mr. Fab, Superman, Low Leaf, and a, a, a ton of local artists and special guests will be there. Um, I, again, the event is called Schools Not Prisons uh, Freedom Fest. Uh, so, yeah, you can check out their website. Um, yeah, Schools Not Prisons. That sounds like a worthy cause. Um, yeah, and, and last October, I think it was last October, um, was Stop mass incarceration month and so um it's good to to rem- to bring that issue to light and uh create opportunities for education and uh and p- economic personal cultural educational development and um and and stop doing this pipeline to prison um so thanks for that um and then the other event i wanted to announce is happening on monday um Former mayoral candidate Amy Farrah Weiss um, has really taken 
great initiative in putting together the St. Francis Homelessness Challenge. And so they're going to be hosting a community event to present cost-effective, common-sense, and outcomes-driven alternatives to the propositions Q and R, um, which are pretty uh, costly initiatives um, that many find to be uh, ineffective policies to try to address homelessness uh, in San Francisco. Uh, one of them, like, bans tents from being on the sidewalk. Um, so, so Amy Weiss has been working uh, diligently on and doing uh, a lot of outreach and research to to see what how San Francisco can can deal with uh, the homeless um, the, the homelessness here. So um, on Monday, October twenty fourth, from six thirty to nine p.m. at the Soma Street Food Park. That's at four two eight Eleventh Street. That's right there, kind of. Uh, it's not too far from here. Um, kind of at Division Street, the Soma Street Food Park. Um, they are, you know, there's, you can donate uh, 5 to $20 um, to benefit the St. Francis Homelessness Challenge. Of course, no one is turned away for lack of, lack of funds. You can purchase advance tickets at Eventbrite. Um, so uh, here, here's a little bit about that event. Due to the severe shortage of available long-term shelter and supportive housing, San Francisco is tasked with finding interim solutions that address the health and transition needs of unhoused residents. For example, secure sleep, 24-7 access to toilets, on-site healing and transition services, incomes that add value to the community, etc. cetera. Uh, creating and enforcing good neighbor agreements between unhoused and housed residents and preventing the proliferation of further encampments. The St. Francis Homelessness Challenge is a San Francisco-based organization that challenges SF residents and local government to pilot and implement strategic and cost-effective interim actions to increase livability and reduce the pain points for unhoused residents living in transitional encampments, as well as their surrounding communities of housed neighbors and local businesses. So if you want more information, you can contact Amy Weiss, Amy Farah, that's F-A-R-A, H, Amy Farrah Weiss at gmail.com. Um, there's an event on Facebook too. Um, so alternatives to Q and R, uh, the St. Francis homelessness challenge. That's what you have to remember. And, um, yeah, thanks everybody for being a part of the common thread collective today. It's been a beautiful day here. Um, I want to thank my guest from women's magazine, uh, Gisela Tangui from the voodoo cabaret. She's going to have a show uh, next Friday in Oakland at the Rosenblum cellars at Jack London square. And I want to end with a poem as we explore uh, what it means to try to get through this life. Um, so this is a poem I wrote, and it's called A Knack for Happy. To have a knack for happy, one becomes very wealthy. Fields of fun, meadows of mischief, grams of goodness, kilos of kindness, loads of laughter, parcels of perception, acre upon acre of astonishing moments. Free from false promises, glee from the acknowledgement, safe from the searing edge of seriousness. Glow with gratitude, aspire to aptitude, relish in relaxation, invoke the imagination, sit and smile. The best thing in life is free. The best things in life are free. And that about sums it up. Hey, people, see you next week. We Thanks to you. Organic Valley Co-op. Here we be. And for the next year, 
We'll be dancing free right here at Mutiny Radio. The Common Thread Care Collective will be casting that wide net and finding that common thread. Hey, Val, thanks for coming through. All right, we're going to go out with a little music. This music came in the mail today, so if you're a musician out there, you want to send us a package with your CD, we're at 2781 21st Street, San Francisco, California, 94110. This comes from uh, Stephanie Keys, who actually um, has recently been playing with um, as the voice for the, the new Big Brother and the Holding Company. I saw her perform a couple of years back. Um, but she's been all over the place, and she's got a new CD out called Open Road. And so uh, we're going to go out with her song, the namesake, or the title track, Open Road. Peace, everybody. We love you. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody, for all your participation.
on a raft without a patter. Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission High for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. 
rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk, come together with music from around the world, with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio, when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment, we're in both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on MutinyRadio.fm. Freeform Radio for free minds. and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space with... Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamylicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue. San Francisco is located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son!
Right now, you guys are chilling here just before we get to the happy hour, the happiest of happy, the hourest of hours. Today, in between the ones and twos, playing the Miggity Moogs, the Moogie Blues, if you will. It's going to be pervert fervor. So, lucky you, motherfuckers. Boopity boop, boopity boop, boop. We're going to have a happy time at happy hour. If you want to go get a beer, it's down the street. Just don't drink it outside. Just drink it inside. You gotta drink it inside. Either way, we're going to bring it to you here on the happy hour. 